Let's open our Bibles this morning to Joshua in the Old Testament, chapter 1. We'll read verses 1 through 9. Joshua, back at the beginning of the Bible, towards the front of the Old Testament. Joshua chapter 1, and we'll read verses 1 through 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I have given to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord... Your God is with you wherever you go. This morning, I'd like to consider the command that God gave to Joshua and try to comprehend the enormity of the task that God gave him to take the children of Israel from the wilderness where they have been wandering for 40 years because of that generation's unbelief and now God says, Joshua, you're the one to lead us into the land, to lead your people. I have given you this land. And, of course, we still see that uh, there is fighting over that land today. But the creator of heaven and earth is the one that has given this promise to the nation of Israel. Of course, there are many things. It's a complicated situation. Israel is in a state of unbelief. And they are still suffering because of their rebellion against their Messiah, their rejection of their Messiah. So we know that there are still many things that Israel has to experience and suffer because of that rejection. But nonetheless, when it's all said and done, God will fulfill his promise to his people Israel. But when we consider what God has asked Joshua to do in this passage. First of all, the, the bluntness, I've mentioned this often because to me it's impressive, God's bluntness to Joshua. Moses is dead. Now remember who Moses was. Moses had led the people of Israel out of Egypt. He, he faced Pharaoh the, and, and the greatest, most powerful empire in the world at that time. 
And God used Moses to stand up to that Pharaoh and to all of his army. And God used him to deliver the Jews, the children of Israel from slavery. And then Joshua had seen miracle after miracle after miracle in the wilderness that God used Moses as that instrument. So can, can you imagine, and, and Joshua, we, we don't know how old Joshua was at this time. He was at least 60 years old because he had been Moses' assistant all through that 40 years in the wilderness. So he was probably late teens or early 20s when he began to assist Moses. And now he's probably around 60 years old. He lived to be 110, so he's about middle age. That's kind of encouraging for those of us in our 60s, but probably won't live to 110. But this is Joshua's situation. He saw how greatly used by God Moses was, and now he's dead. That, that leader, and now all of that responsibility is now facing and put on Joshua. And what was his responsibility? He had to go up against all of the Canaanites and defeat them in battle. Now, most of those tribes, the Canaanites, had well-trained, well-equipped armies already. They had superior weapons. Some of them were of great stature. They were tall, powerful, and Joshua had to face all of them. Not just one, had to face all of them. That's a pretty daunting task. When we think of that, you know, that, well, that's a Bible story. Isn't that wonderful? There were a lot of changes that took place in Joshua's life. There were a lot of things that God asked him to do that just seemed impossible. But if it's just a Bible story to us, then we're, we're not going to benefit from this at all. But I want us to stop and think. There are so many of us that are going through things, changes in our life, circumstances, losses, Difficult things that God seems to be leading us into, but, but it just seems impossible. That we need to learn to apply the same principles of faith that we see in Joshua's life. There are things that God told Joshua he needed to do to be prosperous and successful in doing the will of God. We need to do those exact same things. If we're going to be successful in what God has given us to do, we can relate to Joshua's anxieties that he must have felt. The first task that he had to do was face Jericho, this, this walled city that nobody could conquer. He had to trust God that he was going to be able to do what God asked him to do. And then when God gave him instructions about how to just march around and blow the trumpets, again, that didn't seem very military to actually win the battle. But he just did what God asked him to do. When we're going through different changes in our life, un unwanted circumstances, when we have losses, like Joshua lost Moses, who was not just a spiritual men mentor, certainly that, probably above everything else, but he waited on Moses day and night. Whatever Moses needed, he was there. He was close to Moses, and now he's gone. All of us can relate to losses like that, sometimes just those dear family relations, relationships, and some spiritual mentors, what are we going to do now? What's going to happen to us now? But in those changes, what God told Joshua needs to comfort us. He said, Joshua, Moses is dead. But as I was with Moses, I will be with you. God's not dead. The same God that was faithful in Moses' life was going to show himself to be faithful 
in Joshua's life. And this is such a hard truth for us to learn. Our joy, our peace, our contentment is not found in friends. It's not found in family. It's not found in career, wealth, popularity. Our joy, our peace, our comfort is only found in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. And if we don't learn to put our trust and joy and and everything that that has any meaning to life, if we don't put it in the fact that the Lord said he'd never leave me nor forsake me, my family may forsake me. My friends may forsake me. But I rejoice to know that Jesus said he'll never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm going to spend eternity with him. And if we don't learn to put our joy and our peace and our contentment based on the faithfulness of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life, then when we go through these changes in life, guess what? We're just going to be disappointed, discouraged, and fall into great despair because these changes do come. We don't like them. Our situations change, our circumstances, our job. We can lose our job. We can lose this. We can lose that. But we can never lose the promise of God's faithfulness in our life. That's my joy. That's my anchor. Doesn't mean that those other losses don't bring hurt, tears, and sorrow, that we don't feel them. Can you imagine what Joshua felt when Moses died? That pain, that loss is real. But only the God of all comfort can fill that void in your life. And not not just, there's, there's voids in our life, not just from death, but from broken relationships, from changes in life. I, in all my ministry, I have dealt with older saints, and I've seen so many of them wrestle with, they're not what they used to be. And, and that change is hard. And now as I'm kind of getting into that transition, I say, oh, I, now, now I know what they were talking about. You're just not what you used to be. But that's all right. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he has... He only requires of you the strength that he gives today. So whatever our situation, whatever difficult task that we're facing, I'm glad I don't have to face tearing down Jericho. My task isn't anything like Joshua's, but my trials and my tasks are, they're real to me. Yours are real to you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Through all the changes in life, he'll be what you need him to be. He is the God of all comfort. Hebrews 13, 8, if you're jotting down references, I'm quoted. But if you want to write it down so you can let the Holy Spirit burn it into your own heart, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. There were things, three things, that God told Joshua if he was going to be successful in his task, that he needed to be strong. He needed to be courageous, very courageous. And he needed to obey. Those three things are the same things that will enable us to be successful in doing the will of God and entering into God's best in this life and eternity. Strength, courage, and obedience. He repeats them three times in this passage. Without these three things, there there is no success in life. You can't truly enjoy lasting peace and contentment and prosperity lasting eternal prosperity without knowing and doing the will of God. And the only way we can do the will of God in this life, in these bodies, is to be strong, 
courageous, and obey. So whatever it is that's overwhelming you today, whatever task the Lord has called you to that may seem impossible, whatever trial or loss or change in your life that you're facing that just seems overwhelming like like the giants in the land of Canaan, whatever it is you're facing that would tend to overwhelm you and say, I just can't go on, I can't do that, be strong, be courageous, and just obey God's word. It sounds oversimplified, but it's not. But let's consider what it means to be strong. Are we just talking about naturally being strong, emotionally strong? Because if that's the case, then I've already lost. Anybody else ever come to their wits end and just say, that's it, I'm done? Yeah, I have. When I try to do things in my own strength, many have told me over the years that, Brother Doug, I wish I could be that kind of Christian. I wish I could be a strong Christian, but I, I just can't. Not like so-and-so. That mentality, that way of thinking, do you, do you realize what you're saying? You're saying that success in doing the will of God depends on human strength. That some people are just destined. They're just naturally stronger. And the reality is there are people that, that are just naturally, their personality is, they're strong emotionally. They can handle things, at least to a point, easier and better than others. And so, well, they're destined for for success in the will of God. That's not what the Bible teaches. The word strong there in Joshua, it means to stand up and lay hold of something and to stubbornly not let go. That's what it means. It has the thought of power to persevere and to overcome. What are we, what are we laying hold of? Kind of have a picture of someone in a, in a hurricane grabbing onto a pole and just holding on. There's not anything else they can do or they're going to get blown away. They just grab to the pole and hang on. Who is it that we hold on? Who, who's our anchor? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We stand up and say, I believe God. I believe what he said in his word that this is working for me and not against me. I don't see how, but I believe it. I'm going to stand on the word of God and I'm going to cling to it. I can't do anything else. I'm, I'm too, too weak to face this thing on my own, but he's my anchor. The word courage, it's similar to, to the word strong, but it has the thought of steadfastness, endurance, and persistence with the added thought of being alert, to be courageous. There are many men that have, throughout history, have done some very heroic things, and many of them, in different ways, have stated, courage is not the absence of fear, but courage is doing what needs to be done despite the fear. You're going to have questions when you face things that you don't want to face, when you face things that are overwhelming. To be courageous is just to be alert and to know that God will show himself faithful, to know there's an enemy that wants to destroy you, but simply endure, wait on God. Wait for him to show himself faithful as you just cling to his promises. Be strong and be very courageous. In this same passage that we read, there are two negative phrases that, that are the opposite of strength and courage, and that is, don't be afraid. The word afraid means to be paralyzed with fear. It means to stand in awe of whatever it is that stands between you and doing the will of God. You stand in awe of that. Oh my, this is, this is so overwhelming. This is so powerful. This, 
I can't overcome this. You stand in awe of that. That's what it means to be afraid. And when we are afraid of these changes that we go through in life or these losses, what are we going to do now? We can just be paralyzed by fear. Paralyzed so that we can't move to do the will of God, to do what he's asked us to do. The word dismayed, be not afraid, be not dismayed. The word dismayed means to basically be flat on your face in fear of something. We need to stand in awe of our Lord. We need to fear the Lord in the sense that he's awesome. He is the almighty God. That means there is no power. There is no circumstance. There is no situation. There is no enemy that's greater than he is. And if my loving father allows these changes, allows these trials, these unwanted circumstances, if he allows them in my life, it's to work something good in me for eternity, something through me for eternity. And I'm just going to cling to that because I can't understand it. It hurts. I don't like it. But when it's all said and done, I'm going to give thanks to the Lord because he will show himself faithful. That's what Joshua had to do, facing that enormous task of defeating the Canaanites. In Psalm 147, we don't have time this morning, but verses 10 and 11, Psalm 147, verses 10 and 11, we understand that God does not expect us to be strong and courageous in our own abilities. Because he says in Psalm 147 that he does not delight in the strength of the horses. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his mercy. When you stand in awe of him instead of in awe of your problem or your circumstance or your situation, stand in awe of him. That's the strength. Isaiah 40 tells us that if we were learn to wait upon the Lord, those who have no strength will find strength. So here's, here's the secret to being strong. It's not your strength. It's not your ability. It's not gritting your teeth and saying, I'm going to get through this. And if you've ever tried that, sooner or later, you're going to be toothless, grinding your teeth, trying to be what God wants you to be. No, it, it's a matter of falling on your, on your face before the Lord. Lord, I need your strength today. And it is a daily strength. If you think you're just going to get this supernatural strength in one dose and now you're good for the rest of your life, you're going to get knocked down again. I need you today. I need your strength today. They that wait upon the Lord, whatever you're going through, whatever is overwhelming you, have you spent time in the presence of the Lord? Saying, Lord, I, I don't know if I can get through this. Whatever it is, I need your strength to get up and do what you want me to do today. Today. Tomorrow I'll be back. I'll be back tomorrow for more strength. Let's go back to Joshua chapter 5 this time. Verses 13 to 15. I'm always a little amused at this passage and humbled at the same time. Joshua five thirteen to 15. Right before Joshua was getting ready to enter in and have that first encounter in the land of Canaan with that great city Jericho, he had this experience. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho that he lifted his eyes and looked, behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And so he said, No. <laughs> he didn't really answer the question, did he? No. But as commander of the army of the Lord, I have come now. As the Lord of hosts, as the Lord of the armies of heaven, the commander, I'm here. 
And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshiped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. Joshua had a vision of the pre-incarnate Son of God, the angel of the Lord. And Joshua, as a good soldier, he saw a man with a sword. And so as a soldier, Joshua said, Are you for us or against us? And the Lord responded, That's not the question. No. The question should be, Who's on my side? I'm the commander of the hosts of heaven, of the armies of heaven. And Joshua immediately fell on his face, surrendered his will to the will of the Lord. This is what will lead to victory in our battles as well, yielding our will to the will of God. I don't understand these changes. I don't understand this trial. I don't understand this circumstance. But Lord, your will be done. Even our Lord Jesus in his humanity in the garden, he prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. Can you pray that in the midst of your tears? In the garden, Jesus sweat, as it were, great drops of blood, which is a, a biological response to extreme stress. Can you, in the middle of your Gethsemane, say, Lord, not my will, your will be done. And for Jesus, that meant going to the cross. For you, it may mean going through whatever it is he's allowed you to go through for whatever reason, but it will always be for your good. Joshua's strength and courage came from falling down and clinging to the Lord and then obeying his instruction, the instruction that, that the Lord gave for Joshua to, to conquer Jericho. It made absolutely no sense, no military sense whatsoever. March around. Then when I tell you, blow the trumpet, and it's all going to come down. What faith Joshua had. Can we have the same faith? We need to learn to give thanks in the middle of our unpleasant circumstances. Otherwise, if you murmur and complain, none of us have ever done that, have we? If we murmur and complain, you're only going to make yourself weak. But if you go to the Lord in prayer, wait upon the Lord for strength, for courage, endurance, you'll be victorious. When it's all said and done, when this life is over, Paul had to learn to glory in his infirmities, in his weaknesses. Your grace is sufficient. Your favor to me is sufficient for me to get through this. Paul didn't do all the things that he did because he was a, a physically, emotionally, mentally strong person. He did it because he got his strength from the Lord. And you can do the same. We don't trust in ourselves. We don't trust in our strength, but in his. Yeah, there are several things there. Ephesians 6.10, be sure and write that down. Read that this afternoon. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. That's the only way you'll be strong. Be courageous. James tells us for the obedience part, be a doer of the word, not a hearer only. What we heard this morning makes good sermon material, doesn't it? These passages, we've heard the word. Now are we going to do it? Are we going to apply these principles to our life, to our circumstance, to our situation? James said, the one who hears the word and does it will prosper in what they do. And what we want to do is the will of God, just like Joshua. The Apostle Paul said to the Philippians, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The next time that you are tempted to say, or shortly after you've said it, I can't, I can't go on. I can't do this. I, I, it's too much. Let the Holy Spirit prompt you to say, wait a minute. 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can be strong. I can be courageous because it's his strength, but I need to go to him. I need to wait upon him. If we'll do that, let's close with Psalm 18 and verse 29. Instead of giving up, instead of laying along the roadside of life in a ditch where everyone and everything tramples on you, instead of considering yourself a victim of others and a victim of circumstances, instead of all of that, if you will be strong in the Lord, be courageous and obey his loving instructions for your life. If you will do these three things, you'll be able to say like David in Psalm eighteen twenty nine, for by you, Lord, I can run against a troop. By my God, I can leap over a wall. Those are words of faith and victory. Too often we say, hey, Lord, I feel like I've been run over by a troop and I've run into a wall. But if I'm strong in the Lord, if I'm courageous to know that he will show himself faithful. If I simply obey his loving instruction for every area of my life, in the midst of my trials, in the midst of the changes of life, if I will do that, I can run against a whole troop, just me. I don't care what the enemy sends against me. I can be successful in doing the will of God. I don't care what obstacles Satan puts in front of me. I'll just leap over them by his strength. David in another place says, you've taught my hands to war. He'll teach you how to be a warrior, how to be victorious. Look to him. Let's have a song in closing.